The eccentric members of a dysfunctional family reluctantly gather under the same roof for various reasons. This is Movie Time Machine. And welcome to another episode of Movie Time Machine, where we take movies from the past and we live them in the present. This week's movie is The Royal Tenenbaums, released in the year 2001, directed by Wes Anderson and written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson, starring Danny Glover, Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Bill Murray, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, and Owen Wilson. Before we get into our movie discussion, though, let's do some introductions. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I love Castlevania. Hey, this is Jamie. I love Dr. Mario. Casey here. Give me that Legend of Zelda. Ooh. James here, and uh, give me Micro Machines. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Nintendo game? Oh my gosh, you never played Micro Machines in a Nintendo game? What? It's No. It's single. You can play it uh, one player or two player, and... Where you like battle? <laughs> it's awesome. It's just a racing game where, basically, if you start off like first board your jeeps and you're going around a racetrack that's like a breakfast table with like Cheerios everywhere <laughs> and like pancake syrup, and you get into all these like shenanigans up <laughs> on the racetrack. Next one might be helicopters or tanks uh, or boats. It's okay, stop. a lot of fun. Very very important question. Yes. Is the Micro Machine Man in the game? Unfortunately, it, it, not. No. <laughs> they couldn't. They, they, he cost too much. <laughs> Wait, James, was this the game that you were super worried that we were all going to say was our favorite? <laughs> be clear. Uh, I, I was. I was very uh, concerned. No, I shouldn't have been too concerned about it because any of my friends who, when we were playing that, they're like, like, what's this game? But uh, anybody that had played it with me, I. Like, it's one of their favorites at this point now. So, it, no, it's seriously really, really fun. But I support all the ones you guys said as well. Cool. I'm going to watch some videos on that game. I did not know that that was a game. That's awesome. Learning something new every time you listen to an episode of Movie Time Machine. But uh, before I do our movie discussion, we always like to go around and talk about kind of what we've been watching, maybe playing or listening to. Um, I want to kick this one off. Uh, just what I've been... Um, so I recently, like, since we've been on the uh, quarantine, um, I bought myself a Nintendo Switch for my birthday back in March. And so then a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> we did a social distancing um, online Mario Kart tournament uh, with some friends of ours. And which is funny is because I just have no interest at all in ever playing Mario Kart. Um, but I did pick it up and like ever like 64 you didn't have an interest in it no no you bro are, where was the no. my invite to this tournament do you have mario kart I, I got a nintendo switch let's go yeah all right let's do it well anyway it's my first time ever playing mario kart um and i was nervous that we were angela and i were going to get our asses kicked but i fucking cleaned house like i won i think every single race but like two <laughs> Got a boy. You yes. ride seventh until I, you get the star or the bullet or lightning. I don't know. Do, do you just fucking pedal to the metal, man? Right? Always. <laughs> Some dry bones, right? You know? Hell yeah. <laughs> Casey, you don't want to play with this dude. Chad's clearly a fair weather Mario Kart player. Yeah, so. he doesn't bring those blue sparks. You'll see me blue spark in every turn, bitches. 
I have these. I don't. I have no See? idea. See exactly. <laughs> you can drift. You can drift into turns and get like mini bo- mini boosts. Oh, okay. All yeah, right, it's all right. sweet. Well, I'll teach yeah, you the ways. We should, yeah, we should have like a uh, form like a huge like Mario like tur- like race because yeah, I think dude, you could do yeah. like two people per switch like online. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, actually, like Mario Kart. That'd be fun. I thought Chad was really going to lean towards, hey, you know what we should do is all have a three-way. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, way to catch yourself, bud. Uh, speaking of yeah. things we're doing, I'm, uh, I've been playing the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Switch. That's been a, a really fun one that I've been goofing around on lately, too. The old version, or did they remake it? They made it. They did a remake of it for the Switch, so it's all, all redone and, and new art and everything, and it's super fun. Oh. Yeah, it's great so far. Yeah, the art style in that is really cool. Have um, yeah, have it's, it's almost played? like tilt shifty in sometimes where it almost looks like miniatures. Yeah, awesome. That's on my list. Speaking of reboots, did anyone try the new Final Fantasy VII? No, but I hear it's awesome. Okay, good, 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 good. I yeah, yeah that's very high on my list. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but that makes me happy to hear. Yeah, PS5 is coming out this fall, so, I mean, yeah, I think those PS4 prices got to be coming down sometime eventually, right? What's the draw on PS5? What's that? What's the draw? Like, is like why? What, what's my selling point on buying a PS5? Do you know? No. It reads your, <laughs> your thoughts yeah. instead of using a controller. Well, I saw this, like, I don't, I don't even think it was a true thing. Like, my buddy sent me this thing from Twitter or that was, like, a mini video of the PS5, and it made the controller look like a Transformer, basically. And I'm like, this I don't think is at all real at all. Oh, yeah, that I saw that where, like, the side of the controller would, like, go out, and then, like, the middle was, like, a... Um, like a video screen and it was all yeah. touch screen. Yeah, yeah, we, I, yeah that was exactly uh, what I'm talking about. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, not that. Yeah, the guy that way, posted but. that, he's he does a lot of like, uh, like CGI shit on top of. Yes, yeah, so that was all like CGI that he was adding on top of that. Yeah, but good for him for having life size Ninja Turtles in his living room, though. Yeah, <laughs> fucking nerd. But yeah, I don't know. There's there was supposed to be a PS5 event um, yesterday on Thursday, June fourth, but they canceled that because that was um, kind of conflicting with like the George Floyd shit. And I think that's when his yeah George Floyd memorial yesterday too. So yeah, more to come on that though. It's, I mean, I'm not going to be able to buy one for probably three years, but I like watching videos about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I purposely uh, stunted my. I, I love all technology, so I purposely try to stay at least one year behind all technology. Yeah. So like, I always buy my phones used a year later um, because man, it's just so much cheaper. Yeah, I need to start doing that with my phones. <laughs> yeah, I will never buy a, a brand new phone. Yeah. I break them. I've broken them before. I, it's not like I break a lot of phones, but the last time I bought a brand new phone. Uh, I cracked the screen, got it replaced, cracked the screen again within like four months. I was like, screw this. I'm not going to buy one brand new again. So since then, I only buy them used. Uh, I buy them used on either Amazon or eBay, and I've found really good ones. And they're almost, and I, I'm an Android guy, so the ones that I buy are uh, like I'm rocking the Pixel 2 XL right now. I bought it a year after it came out for probably half the price from when it got released. 
Yeah, I need to start doing that. <laughs> These phones are expensive. Do you guys but I'm going to start doing it. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, do you guys remember when like, Apple's, like the Apple phone came out uh, and there was, like I think they called them Apple picking, like when people would like walk by and grab like a new Apple iPhone out of somebody's hand and run away because it was like expensive and new and trendy. No. Yeah, it, yeah. It was the white earbuds. You couldn't wear white earbuds on the subway or on the bus because that was a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. that. So I yeah, before remember. they could like track where it like if it got stolen, they couldn't block the IMEI or like the serial or things like that, so you could resell them really easily. So what I'm saying is, yeah, Case, you're probably on the right path. Instead of me just Apple picking, I should probably buy my phones a year later. <laughs> Stop stealing. I've been once when I was five. What have you been up to, Jamie? Let's see. Um, I'm officially addicted to a new show, so that's exciting. Um, is it uh, like a Survivor spinoff? It is. You are so close. God, it's sad. How <laughs> you guys know I have it. It's, it's, um, I'd seen it before that it came on Netflix, but Alone, the series, um, I think it's Canadian-based, but... For those who don't know, they take uh, 10 people and they stick them in the middle of nowhere and they give you, you can pick from 10 items to bring with you. So people will bring like fire starter. Um, I don't think you can bring a shelter, but people bring a bow and arrow, stuff like that. And you get cameras. So it's just you. Unlike Survivor, there's no camera person. And basically the goal is like stay out there as long as you can. The last person out there wins. So I've been hooked on that show. I think the bow and arrow option is a trick because do not pick the bow and arrow unless you've actually used the bow and arrow because the bow and arrow probably isn't going to do you much then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> it's it's crazy to watch this season because I've seen the one I saw was older and people who had the bow and arrow didn't do so well. But everyone is picking off squirrels from like 100 feet away. This I, I don't know if they just like hired like 10 dead eye dicks for this season or what the oh, deal wow. is, but everyone on this season can use a bow. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm pretty good with a slingshot. I could not, I wouldn't say I'm good with an arrow or a bow and arrow, but God, it's so yeah, hard I to could... find like wrist rockets these days. Sorry. Not that I've been looking. I, I have, <laughs> <laughs> I know I used to be able to pick a squirrel out of a tree with a wrist rocket. Not that I'm going around killing animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not anymore. But, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like your elementary. Didn't Dexter kill animals? What's that? Didn't Dexter, Dexter kill animals? Yeah. <laughs> you, you Dexter on us here, Chad? Yeah. You know, secret serial killer. Well, you got me, guys. Can we Only go the evil squirrels. Can we go back to something Jamie said? What did you say? Dead-eyed dick. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Is, what is? What's that? It's just a. I, got I don't know. The, the way you phrased it, I understand what you're saying, but where did that come from? I have no idea. It. I probably Chad, picked that up. Chad, from... are you googling dead? I'm googling right it now? now. Okay, be googling careful. Don't now. do images. Do not do images. Nope. Oh, no. it's a well, first thing that came up. Incognito <laughs> tab. It's a. It's a novel by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, oh, good for me. Favorite. One of my favorite authors. Um, Kurt Vonnegut. It's a band. Um, it's a punk band, I think. You guys are making me sound way better than I meant to with that reference. I know. He sounds like Kevin Bacon in Footloose. Oh, I like Kurt Vonnegut. It's my favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here is the definition. An especially accurate marksman. Plural, 
Dead-Eyed Dicks. Jesus, Jamie, nice work. Yeah, Thank bravo. You. Thank you. Cat's Cradle is a dope book, though, if you haven't read it. Oh, yeah, I love that. Cat's That's Cradle. A- Cat's Cradle. Mm-hmm. Sirens of Titan. Another I haven't read favorite. that one. Breakfast of Champions. Mm-mm. Another one. Uh, what else? What's the war one? Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five. Cool. That's what we've been watching, listening to. Um, yeah, let's get into the movie discussion. So this week we're covering Royal Tenenbaums movie t- number two in the Wes Anderson conversation. The movies that we're covering. Uh, this movie was released in. Um, the year 2001, December 14th, so kind of a couple months after December 11th, or <laughs> December 11th. <laughs> I'm living in an alternate history year. <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple months after September 11th. Um, man, like, what an awesome cast in this movie. Ensemble So cast. good. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, box office, it was a Oh shit! What was the budget for this film? Twenty-one million. So the film had a budget of twenty-one million. It raked in seventy-six point five million. So I think that's adjusted um, with inflation. Uh, the highest rank it was it was number five. Oh um, my god! Yeah, so it was kind of midwinter. Yeah, so it was like a, it was almost like a holiday movie. Um, Which is really least, odd. Yeah. Oh, you know what, though? Is this one of those, do you think they threw it out there right before Oscar season? Like, one of the last, like, Hail Marys? That's what I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe as we go through this, somebody want to just, like, check to see what if this was nominated for anything? Yeah, I'm on it. Okay. So, maxed out at uh, 999 screens. One short of a 1,000. Nominated uh, Best Original Screenplay for the Academy Awards. Did not win. Gene Hackman uh, actually won quite a few awards for it. Golden Globe Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Oh, nice. Chicago Film Critics. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's so good in this. Yeah, this film has a 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% audience score. It's a 7 out of 10, on, or 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, so Royal Tenenbaums, movie number two. Let's start with James. Real Tenenbaums. Yeah, so Tenenbaums. Uh, I like this movie. I own it. I actually, uh, this is one of the few, I don't say few movies, because I guess that's what we did growing up is like a movie and then buy the soundtrack. But I do own the soundtrack, like the CD for this. And, oh, awesome. Um, actually, and if I remember correctly, because uh, this sticks in my head, when you open the open up like the CD cover and everything, it kind of folds out like bigger and not necessarily poster size, but at least, you know, four to six squares worth. And it was like the rooms of, uh, of the Tenenbaum house. So each square was one of the mapped out rooms of, um, either, uh, Chaz's room or Margot's room, Richie's room. And that's where I think initially, besides watching the movie where you look at it and go like, this feels like a play, but that's where I'm looking at this going like, yep, here we go. This is how, and I assume after watching now more and more of Wes Anderson's movies, this is exactly how he uh, storyboards his movies for sure. (laughs) Like, and it has to be. Um, So no, really enjoy this movie. Um, And then um, I think with 
uh, Owen Wilson getting a writing credit on this one as well. Like uh, he had the writing credit on Bottle Rocket. And I, I, we talked in the Bottle Rocket cast about uh, it just feels like they're taking different stories from potentially like Luke and Owen's life and like trying to get him into sequence on there. So when I was looking up their brother, Andrew Wilson, um, and just seeing like, oh, what else had he been in? And the first thing they have under the trivia for Andrew Wilson is just older brother of Luke and Owen Wilson. The second thing is, tell me if this sounds familiar. When they were children, Andrew and brother Owen Wilson were horsing around with B- with a BB gun. Owen accidentally fired the gun at Andrew's hand, and the pellet has been in there uh, <laughs> since this day. Does that sound familiar? Oh, <laughs> oh I bet that's, that's awesome. his hand in that shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet it is. They yeah, show it in the skin. Fine. I bet that's his hand. Yeah. Yeah. The Royal- that's yeah, brilliant. Nice find. That's funny. The third trivia is in the Royal Tenenbaums, the hand oh, that is perfect. seen with the BB oh. lock in it. has <laughs> <laughs> not been still yeah, so it. good. <laughs> but uh, like, it just kind of, uh, I was reading that it totally just kind of I know, proves a little bit of the point where I think it's, they're just taking all these little, and I mean, I think all writers do this. They take little funny yeah. parts of things in real life uh, or that's true to them and make it their own. But um, yeah, there's just, it's just one example of like, again, much like Bottle Rocket, there's just little scenes in the, throughout this whole movie that are just just really funny and it's just little it feels like it's going to be a throwaway but it ends up being like part one of the more enjoyable parts of the movie um sometimes so um that's it i'll just throw it to anybody after that do you guys think that uh the older wilson lives on an island with uh luke hemsworth and the lesser baldwin's (laughs) <laughs> they have a support Lesser Baldwin's. Isn't there like five of them? At least. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there's like five. So there's probably three of them on that island. Yes. Oh. Speaking of Baldwin, who is the narrator of this film, Mr. Alec Baldwin. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Did you ever, I, I shared this a while back. I think when we decided that we were going to do a run of Wes Ander films, the, uh, it was like the SNL skits. It was like the Halloween Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's oh just God, it's no, perfect. What? <laughs> what was that called? He he was big enough too, where I think he had like a Visa commercial. Yeah, he did a couple different commercials. And he directed the commercial, so it was yeah. like done in his style, yes. but it was about him as a director using a visa to buy whatever, yada, 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 stupid yeah. corporate bullshit message. Yeah. But yeah, he was big enough where he was in commercials as like the lead part of the commercial. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Actually, uh, Case, when you said you were going to do Wes Anderson, I think I sent that to you guys too. <laughs> that's yeah, like, I think so. That was one of the things I... I, that came out shortly after Tenenbaums because I think Tana, uh, Tenenbaums did very. Uh, I think it did well, um, or at least it's one that everybody really enjoys. Where you're right, he would end up being in a like Visa or Chase commercial or American. Actually, I think it was American Express. But anyways, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Where you're wa- you're watching it and it's like just a minute and a half of everything like over the top, very much quirky Wes Anderson stuff. Where I, I was like, yep, I would watch this movie. <laughs> it was only like a minute cha- a sample. Yeah, yeah, the you know, uh, SNL skit was the uh, midnight coterie of sinister intruders. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with the Royal Tenenbaums, uh, I I don't think it's it's not my favorite Wes, but it might be his best. I think just the the way that he can kind of tie in all these really 
it, it's funny it's sad it's it's like heart filled it hits you in all these right emotions um not only you know in the story itself but it, some of the shots um the scene where Margot comes off the bus that slow motion scene with the song like it's just perfectly yeah. picturesque and like yeah, there's no dialogue good. yeah it just so perfectly like encapsulates both of their feelings like you see his longing and the way he's looking at her and you see the obviously the way that she feels about him walking towards him and it's just it's so well done and he does that in so many different places um and then it all all of these different storylines come crashing together uh quite literally with the when eli crashed the car into into the house at the end but it's 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 such a perfect way to like continue escalating and escalating and then kind of we hit this big crescendo at the end of the movie and that it helps us then resolve everything and we start resolving all the tension from the film such as like you know uh the you know uh, uh, uh gene hackman you know royal starts actually mending bridges with uh with shoot what's uh ben stiller's character uh um, so it's like chaz. yeah with chaz like you know that's when he shows that he's turned a different leaf and, and it kind of just all those different storylines that had some some pent-up uh you know worry or drama to them everything starts getting smoothed out um and then you just have a really nice heart-filled ending where they kind of talk through everyone's future and then they talk about royal dying um and i think uh i just love the 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 epitaph on his tombstone it just like perfectly kind of encapsulates how he learned and grew and, and what the what the movie's about where it says died tragically rescuing his family from the wreckage of a destroying sinking a destroyed sinking battleship yeah. <laughs> such like a perfect like euphemism for like what all happened there and obviously it's more dramatic than what it was but i don't know i, I just it, it's it's a movie that I can watch over and over again. Um, it'll always make me feel how I feel in all the right places and all the right ways. Um, I think, uh, again, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson, but I think it's pretty darn near close to like a perfect, uh, a perfect masterpiece for him. Yeah. Jamie, you want to go next? Uh, sure. I can jump in. Um, yeah, I've seen this once before. And but I I didn't remember much. You you know you remember the little details like the BB in his hand, and um, uh, just Richie's whole richiness. Um, <laughs> but what yeah, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I I just Wes Anderson does something about like long brown hair on a lot of his characters, like Jason Schwartzman and Adrian Brody, and you know they all have a similar look that's like. Yeah, I, whatever that is, Wes Anderson is all about that. Um, but no, I I really love this film too. It was um, it was fun returning back to it because you get into the groove and you remember all the characters and like, oh yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. I haven't seen her in a movie in forever, and Margot's a fun character. She might be my favorite character actually. She's pretty entertaining to watch throughout. Um, and yeah, towards the middle. Um, you know, everyone's getting into themselves and their problems and sad. And I'm like, oh man, Wes, where are we going with this? You know, like I kind of started to doubt him with like three quarters of the movie left, but then he really lands the plane and, um, you know, brings it all back with Royal really redeems himself because he really does become kind of an insufferable asshole in the middle <laughs> there. And, um, 
but yeah, it brings it all back and closes a lot of the loops, leaves some open. And yeah, I just, I really like where it goes. And it's a fine line he walks between, you know, they're these little characters in this picturesque home like sometimes it it doesn't feel real it feels like this fantasy but their grief and what they're going through is so real that it breaks through somehow it's like a very tricky line to walk but i think he nails it yeah i think that's the whimsy i was talking about in the last pod just that that weird little thing he adds where it doesn't feel quite real um and for some reason i don't know that just elevates his the style that he brings out and, and yeah, to your point, it just kind of it, all the emotion of these characters as unbelievable as they actually are, because they're they're very unbelievable. They're cartoons almost, you know, human cartoons. Um, yeah, the, the emotion still kind of shines through. And I think that's maybe makes it even more impactful because the, the actual human emotions are kind of showing through even these weird caricatures of, of people. Whimsy. <laughs> whimsy. whimsy 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 baby oh, we have uh, i don't know magic whimsy welcome, 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 yeah weird you, welcome you to our surprise guest <laughs> a playful <laughs> quaint and <laughs> fanciful behavior or humor it's our first artificial intelligence guest. <laughs> oh, that, but you read the definition that kind of does fit yeah you know as you guys are talking here i was just looking at uh I don't know if this is the actual, actual movie poster from like the DVD cover or something like that, but where it just has pretty much all the characters from the film on the cover and like Owen Wilson is kind of laying down, like kind of on his side, resting on his arm in the front. And I was looking at this and I was like, this still looks pretty, it doesn't really look old. It still looks relevant or it doesn't look like it's from a movie that's almost 20 years ago or 20 years old. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, so and, and I think we talked about that in the last way, yeah. pod, where that's the, and that's the problem with Bottle Rocket was it felt so '90s. And you're yeah. right; I think it's hard to pin down when this this could have happened anywhere in the last you know a thirty forty year window. You know, you don't see there's not a lot of technology in it. Um, yeah. I guess some of the medical equipment looks a little dated, but so it's clearly pre you know 2010s. But after that, you know, it's hard to put a, a finger on it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I really love this movie. This was the first Wes Anderson film that I had ever watched. And this was like, you know, I feel like this was like locked down kind of a genre of like how the early aughts as far as like indie film goes. Um, for me, it's like this and um Got a whole line of indie films. I just can't have a, like at the tip of my tongue, but just kind of re- just reminds me of this early 2000s era. Um, I just love like the characters in this film. Just they're so like, feel like unique and just like looking at the cover here, just like Ben Stiller and like his two kids, like wearing like the Adidas jumpsuits. <laughs> I just thought yeah. it just contrasts. It's just so different than like how everyone else is dressed. But, um, but overall, I just really love Gene Hackman in this as Royal Tenenbaum because he is yeah. such a dick. But I feel like some of the best lines in this film are from him. Like when he's talking with Richie, like he's talking about his illness and like he's close, close to dying. And he's like, Dad, you were never dying. But he's like, but I'm going to live. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just love Gene Hackman. And I wanted to ask you just really quick, like, um, any like Gene Hackman like impressions like he's 
probably at, at watching this, I was like, he's probably like one of my favorite like older actors. I just think of like Gene Hackman and like you know, like Hoosiers or like Mississippi Burning or him as like Lex Luthor and like the original like Superman films and. I just think he just always does like a great job of playing like these character roles and stuff like that. So Chad, while yeah. we're on the subject, yeah. I was, I was going through him on IMDb. He was born, he is 90 years old and he looks in my mind for 90. If you see like, his <laughs> most recent picks, man. Well, it's funny too. In my mind, I was like, okay, so if he lied about his age, he could have fought in World War II. Then I pulled him up on Wikipedia, and the first thing it says, he lied about his age at age 16 to join the Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. Uh, so he'd be old. He hasn't been in a movie in a while. but I wonder what his last movie was. Welcome to Mooseport. Moose. Yes. And then run away jury before that i said that movie um yeah but just back to the film though just i i really love how this film was shot um this this movie like gives me like huge like stanley kubrick vibes just like with for sure like the symmetry and like the panning shots and i was just gonna look it up i was like man i bet there's lots of like steady cam in this um but yeah, like you said too, James, like it's it is kind of set up like a play, which is kind of funny because I'm not like a big play person. And I feel like a lot of movies that I don't like when it comes to the dialogue, like my first like critique or how I s- speak of the critique of the film when I don't like it, the dialogue. I'm just like, it sounds too much like theater, like the lines are too like I'm saying this now I'm replying to what you're saying. Like there's no like flow or like to the dialogue, but the sets in this, I think, are beautiful. Just like the the color palettes, and um, it's almost like the align with like each of the different characters. But the most important question I think you should have about this movie is who was taking care of Mordecai for seventeen years, and who is taking care of all the mice for seventeen years? I mean, they still Ethel still lives there. Is it Ethel? Well, I know, but like, you think she cares about Mordecai? I mean, she doesn't really have any contact with Maybe. Mordecai or the mice in between, but... I don't know. Falcon definitely worked. Did you know right. Mordecai was actually... Did you know Mordecai was supposed to be... What's that? Who was Ethel? What? Who was Ethel? Ethel's the, the main lady, the mom. The mom. Angelica Houston? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, got that. Sorry. Did you guys know that Mordecai uh, was supposed to be Jason Schwartzman? What? So Mordecai actually had a bigger role. Like it wasn't just a hawk. Mordecai was Jason Schwartzman's character, who was another neighbor that was also a savant. Uh, it was like the opposite of Eli. Uh, but Schwartzman couldn't make it work because he committed to something else. I guess. Oh, funny. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, also, fun fact I found out about Mordecai. Um, Another fun thing was I, I tried to find more information about this and I didn't like, you know, deep Google this. Like I only went on page one, but and found nothing. Everything's on page uh, three. The original. I know, right. <laughs> I was going to do a little bit more because I was just intrigued by this trivia, but it was the original hawk used to play Mordecai was kidnapped during the shooting uh, of <laughs> no. the film. And that's why the later in the film, they have that other hawk 
the later they have that other hawk where they mentioned like, oh, hey, he's got a little bit more white oh. on him. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's a different hawk. <laughs> That's awesome. And he's going on like saying like, oh, it's like when you've experienced like traumatic events or stress throughout your life, <laughs> like a kidnapping. Yeah, but I honestly I have no idea what happened to the kidnap hawk. Like, well, because they said like, hon. The bird appears later in the film. Feathers. I was just trying to say, I'm like, so did we pay the ransom? Like, what happened? Oh, no, that's what it was. Yeah. During the shooting, it was held for ransom. That's what it says. So I don't know what happened after that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was just reading here, too, like, um, for casting. So other actors that were considered for the role of Royal Tenenbaum was um, Michael Caine. Oh. And Gene Wilder. <laughs> Weird. I could in Wilder. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, like, obviously, after seeing Gene Hackman, I can. Yeah, because he's that. That is royal. Yeah, I guess I just. Yeah, Michael Caine. I don't think he could be as big of a jerk. No, I guess no. where. <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder. I think he. He'd be pretty. I'm thinking he'd be pretty old at this time. Da, 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 da. Well, I swear he would, 2001, probably, do the math. Yeah. 19 years. So he's someone said he's 90. So he's up close to 70, 69. Wait, is that right? Nope, 71 when this came out. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he would have been younger than Hackman if he were still alive. Yeah, he would. he's three years younger than Hackman. So I get whatever. I guess would have worked. Maybe not, <laughs> but we all know Hackman rules the role. The role, so. Oh yeah. But. Mm-hmm. So I think one of my one of my favorite Wes Anderson things is is the music in a lot of his films. I think this one, this was like again, I, I've, I keep calling it a masterpiece. But the the song choices in some of these scenes, it, it, I think, is just. Phenomenal! I'm a huge uh, Elliot Smith guy, so oh, using yeah. that for the the suicide scene, Perfect. it's just like so perfectly haunting. <laughs> yeah, it's ju- yeah, it. Uh, I don't know, it's just so good. Yeah, I I think my favorite like little montage in there, and I think it because I think it's when it's like the the montage with like Gwyneth Paltrow, where it's kind of like, showing like what she did when she. Yeah. Yeah, like the with the what the spy got on her, with the private eye got on her. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. And it's like I think it's like yeah, Judy was a punk or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so good. (laughs) Yeah, just like the range too of like music that's used for this film because I think we get like some like some John Lennon or like Beatles into like kind of some early eighties like punk rock. Then we kind of have some like seventies rock and roll and. Yeah. What about the peanuts? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That always now that always makes me think of uh um damn what's that series uh Rest of Development. <laughs> I can't remember what season that was. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh it's a recurring joke yes, where yes. he hangs his head yes. and plays the Charlie Brown song <laughs> plays. <Yeah. laughs> oh that's so funny. Michael Bluth is pretty much like Charlie Brown. That's kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anything else? I feel like I'm getting tired. My, my yeah, same. brain is slipping. Oh, Chad, you said which uh, 
which Tenenbaum would you be? Or oh, I guess yeah, character. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to limit it to just the Tenenbaums. Yeah, let's let's roll with you. Let's go. Why, okay. Who are you? So, so <laughs> Margot's my favorite, but I would not be her. I think I would probably be Richie. I never had a sister, so that feels pretty safe just off the off the get go. But um, <laughs> I think no, it, it's so funny because he's got his. I, I'm glad that Mordecai actually did end up being a real bird because I, I, I don't know. I've always, I've always kind of like birds. I've been into, I, do you remember when you were kids and they would bring the raptors into the school? You took a field trip to see the giant hawks yeah, or the eagle. Yeah. I love that. And I was like, that's what I want to do when I'm grown up. So that he has a pet hawk. I always wanted to do that. So I think that more than anything is why I would be Richie. You didn't want to be like Coco Beware, be a wrestler and carry a parrot on the arm? Not so much. Huh? No, <laughs> parrots are cool, but not quite as cool as a falcon or a hawk. All right. Coco Beware is pretty badass, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I would have been Eli Cash without the drug addiction. Oh, <laughs> too much. I would, I could totally, yeah, I could totally see myself, uh, as a kid, especially gravitating to a family like that, if they took me in and just being friends with the whole family. <laughs> hey, does Owen Wilson in that road when he's like doing that interview? Does he do like a cuckoo, caca, <laughs> 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 like he does in Bottle Rocket? <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh man, that's such a funny scene. <laughs> he's just, just like, like losing it in the walk. interview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, humor me. Which Tenenbaum are you? Oh, I guess do I have to be a Tenenbaum? Or character? Oh, no, not necessarily. Because I want to be Pagoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can stab somebody? You son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch! Uh, no, I just think it'd be, you know, he's basically uh, Royal's best friend and confidant, and so I just feel like just observing everything that's happening and listening, I don't know, I just think hey, he's just the, the sleeper in the movie, just knowing everything that's going on. Chad, did you say that uh, Pagoda's son is in this movie and all the other ones? Well, for sure, um, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore and this one. So he's the what, the bookstore guy that's at the door that gets held up um, and Bottle Rocket. Oh, he's really funny in that. Yeah. In Bottle Rocket. <laughs> then he's the professor from uh, Rushmore. Um, well, he's from the opening scene. That's what I just I, I was watching that just the other day. So. I haven't seen that movie in its entirety in quite some time, but he's also then the doctor that's um, telling a Royal, like <laughs> he's like asking him like, Oh yeah. Does that mean if I was sick, you know, I'd like have seizures and flop on the floor or whatever, but yeah, he's a doctor in that scene too, but his, yeah, he's the son of uh, um, Pagoda or I can't remember that actor's name, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kumar. Was it Pilar? Yeah, yeah. I love him. He is he in every Wes Anderson movie? Because I feel like he is. I think so. So I'm curious. I wonder what their relationship. I'm looking is. right now. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think he is too. And that's why I I would have loved if the stabbing of the main character happened in Bottle Rocket, and just that's what his role oh. was in all Wes Anderson. Right. Movies. Like you're just waiting for you're waiting for like Steve Zissou yeah. to get stabbed at some point. <laughs> it's like waiting for that moment when. Uh, they kill uh, Kenny. 
exactly. <laughs> so Kumar's from Texas as well, and his son apparently made a cafe that Wes and Owen Wilson would frequent, and he met them there. Sweet. So he just became their friend in their hometown, and then he's just in all of their films. Oh, he uh, he passed away in 2013. Oh. At the age of 94. It's a good life. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing, the Darjeeling was the last uh, Wes Anderson. Nothing like uh, starting your acting career in your 80s, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or what, 70s, I guess. No, it says well, he was an uncredited was soldier. In a f- when you can start your career, because you're kind of crotchety. And <laughs> you're just not going to play well. What's that? And you, you'd stab people for <laughs> in movies, right, Chad? Yeah. You, I just need <laughs> to stab somebody? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> With, uh, what, like a little Swiss Army knife? Yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah, it's just a mere flesh wound. Uh, I love that he stabs him, but then he's like the one tending to his wound later yeah. on, too. <laughs> it's so good. Well, a man stabbed me. And he, who was it? Him. He carried me on his shoulder. and yeah. <laughs> uh, Chad, who are you? Who am I? Well, I think James kind of like, you know, hinted at that I would probably be Royal Tenenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, maybe sometimes maybe being a little dickish you know but not really knowing uh what you have until you're getting to the end or but yeah i don't know i would say broil (laughs) maybe maybe more of like uh i'm saying these things internally and not externally (laughs) (laughs) so but maybe chaz though like i I do i do love the adidas jumpsuit And he wears a black one to the funeral. That, that yes. made me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this movie. This is a fun movie. I I did notice too. It's really interesting that this might be the low, the most low key Bill Murray I've ever seen in a movie. Like he he doesn't just kind of take it over. Like he's funny and he has his moments, but he doesn't grab this movie by the horns and run with it. You know, that's kind of a theme with Bill Murray, other than in Life Aquatic, but him and Wes Anderson, he just, like, plays his part. Uh, he has a, a a quick little cameo in, like, Grand Budapest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I love that he's in every single one of them, but yeah, you're right, he doesn't really steal it, but I think he's so funny as that, uh, as Raleigh St. Clair. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up, because I was thinking of when we, I think, outside of, like, the uh, beginning credits of the film... I think the first time we see him, he's doing like the, um, like the little test with the blocks with the kid. Um, yeah. I can't remember the kid's name, but I was like, oh, this scene is almost like reminiscent of his scene, first scene in uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's doing like the psychic test, or whatever. But yeah, and I guess Dudley was, um, he. Wes Anderson pulled him because he was like referred to Wes Anderson from Judd Apatow and Dudley, the guy that played Dudley is, um, was in freaks and geeks. Oh, so funny in that show. He's, uh, uh, Harris. I think his name is the, uh, sexually active dungeons and dragons. Oh, funny. 
yeah, you know uh, fun fact when i my the old house i lived in when i was renting um on 38th and it was like 30 yeah 38th and uh 15th or whatever but actually it's like a couple blocks away from uh where like the george floyd shit went down yeah um my landlord was in freaks and geeks <laughs> oh really yeah. that's funny was your landlord Seth Rogen? Oh uh, yes, <laughs> he was my dealer. <laughs> yes. Oh, not to sidetrack, but because you said George Floyd and now Seth Rogen, uh, he posted like a Black Lives Matter thing on Instagram, and a bunch of people, you know, stupid, ignorant, racists are commenting like, "Oh, oh guess I'm so not going to watch your watch your movies anymore." And he's replying to them one by one, just saying "fuck off, fuck you, fuck <laughs> off" to like these people being racist. It's so good. Awesome. There was a. Uh, an interview with him. Yeah, too? it's like anybody responding. It was so funny. What was Did that you um? There was an interview with him. I can't remember if it was on TV or a podcast, but he was talking about how he um was speaking when he was speaking to um Congress. I can't remember what the issue was, but um Alzheimer's. Yeah, and I Paul Ryan spoke about Alzheimer's. Yeah, and Paul Ryan wants a picture. Um, with him and his kids and he's like yeah i'm a big fan you know all right if we get a picture and seth's like i'm conflicted man because you know like i don't want to be rude they're a fan but you know i don't like anything you support so i told him i was like no (laughs) 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 oh yeah you don't get this one paul ryan sorry paul ryan you're a coward (laughs) despicable <laughs> you fucking coward all right um i don't have anything else not to get too political yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i was gonna throw out there uh bill murray in moonrise kingdom doesn't steal it but i love the like he's the dad and he plays that so well there's so i was, I was looking to see if he was in if there's any wes anderson yeah. movies that he's not in and i can't find one. Oh, awesome he even does a voice in Mr. Fox. He's a uh, has a cameo role in Darjeeling. So yeah, I think he's been in all of them. I guess except for Bottle Rocket. Wow, I love the Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's a really fun movie. <laughs> yeah, I I do too. I think it's phenomenal. I have the uh, the Fox whistle as my text ringtone for many years. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I know. I feel like I can't wait to like watch that with my kids someday. Yeah, and it's great. It's like adult enough, but it's like kid friendly. I don't know. It's just a great movie. Right. I know there's like no and I love that they say cuss. Like, cuss. Yeah, they yeah. say cuss. <laughs> what the cuss? <laughs> what the cuss? <laughs> it's so good. I considered that for, for this pod. Maybe if we could do a a mini pod for uh, the we could maybe hit Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, do like an animated mini pod. Yeah. Well, oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So, do you guys have the time? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right? I can't. I can't. Nothing else to do. Shit. Well, I'm going to close her down. Yeah. So, I think we're fading here. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Movie Time Machine. Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums. Wes Anderson, movie number two. So, 
if you liked what you heard or if you want to support us um find us on twitter at movie machine pod um or leave a comments or leave a review on your podcast platform of choice um reach out to us let you know what you think about this movie or anything else that we covered or if you just want to chit chat bullshit or whatever um thank you for listening stay safe out there and goodbye see you bye, bye.